You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 50 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire. And today I'm joined by special guest, Jeffrey Boydy. Jeffrey is a plant-based nutrition and wellness advocate who believes in the power of plants for optimal health and healing, and who believes that we have the power within us to take control of our health. He is the founder of the online plant-based resource, The Wealth of Health, as well as the Eat More Plants recipe ebook, where he aims to showcase the delicious variety and diversity within a plant-based diet. I'm super excited to have him on the podcast. Welcome to the show, Jeffrey. Thank you very much for having me. Really, uh, really good to, to finally get this done. We've been talking for a while. So yeah, it's good to, good to meet finally and do this. Yeah. And you're episode 50. You're a little milestone here. I know, a little milestone. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we start the episode by you sharing with our listeners how you got into plant-based eating? It was really interesting because my entire life, you know, growing up playing sports in school and things like that, my whole nutrition outlook was, you know, meat is for protein and you need it to build muscle and train in the gym and that kind of stuff. And I came across this documentary around about a time when I was kind of starting to open my, I guess, open my perspective up to a lot of different things. Um, I came across a documentary called What the Health, which is interesting as your podcast is called What the Health. Um, It was my mom's, I had it mentioned to me um, and just talked about the links between diet and disease. Mm. And I watched it with my wife, who was then my girlfriend at the time, and it just completely blew us away in terms of flipping on its head everything we thought we knew about nutrition, what we thought we knew about optimal health, what we thought we knew about longevity, and and essentially how disease actually manifests largely down to the lifestyles that we live, which is contrary to what we've been told you know, over so many years. So we went on the journey and we just straight away, pretty much overnight, switched to a whole food plant-based diet. And it was a very, I guess it was a tricky process at the, at the very start, just understanding what to eat and how to kind of balance your meals. Um, and I guess how to get all the optimal nutrition in because I was still someone who wanted to do it for health and performance. Um, but after that, it was, you know, really straightforward. And I really started to notice some amazing benefits um, that I'm sure we'll speak about in due course. But yeah, that was essentially the, you know, the kind of foundation as to how I got started with it and where I am today. So, so yeah. So how long have you been plant-based for? So it's coming up to four years now. So it's August, 2017 that I made the shift. So yeah, okay. before years very soon. Yeah. And is your wife also plant-based? So she, we both went vegan at the same time, as I mentioned, she was vegan for about two years, but she kind of introduced a little bit of kind of wild caught salmon and more organic meats into her diet. So I'd say she eats maybe a 90% whole food plant-based diet. We still yeah. eat a lot of the same meals. Um, but she, she incorporates a little bit of, as I said, a little bit of a higher quality animal products, mm. so to speak. So yeah, but again, largely plant-based. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Your meals look absolutely amazing. I love <laughs> your Instagram. Um, I'll definitely link your Instagram in the show notes, but your food looks so good. You make healthy eating look so good. I, I tell you what though, it was definitely not like that at the start. I remember no. I've done a couple of posts as to how it looked before where it was, I was literally kind of just throwing meals together. I remember at the very start, we were kind of figuring out what to eat and we were just eating a lot of like legumes, a lot of legume salads and a lot of falafel. That seemed yeah. to just kind of be like the, 
the breadth of the knowledge that we had at the time, I guess, obviously, fast forward four years. Um, and obviously, over the period of time, you kind of just experiment with loads of different foods and open yourself up to loads of different options, different whole grains, different legumes that you can eat and incorporate and create amazing recipes with. So, yeah, definitely what I'm cooking now is definitely not what it was like at the start. So, so yeah, it's been, a, it's been a journey. So when you first started plant-based eating, what were some of the challenges that you came up against? So again, as I mentioned before, I think it was really just a case of understanding how to structure meals because when I was eating animal products, it was, I very much had a structure as to how I wanted to eat. It was always, you know, lean meats, maybe a carbohydrate, like sweet potato or something like that. Um, and then broccoli. And it was very basic. And then breakfast in the mornings was pretty much a pretty basic oatmeal with maybe a little bit of honey or something and then, and an egg. So it was always very basic, very regimented. Um, very so then, very gym focused yeah exactly exactly very gym bro kind of yeah. diet kind of thing um so it was a case of just kind of wanting to still do it for health and performance but figuring out okay now I've got to make a few shifts if I'm taking meat off the plate what am I going to replace it with so mm. knowing that you've got to replace you know I you know, obviously came across foods like tofu and tempeh um and things like that and lentil obviously i would known about lentils a little bit but not in terms of the nutritional content obviously it's very high in zinc iron protein great great source of protein if you're eating plant-based so as i said restructuring meals was one of the biggest challenges that i faced mm-hmm. um another one that i kind of came across was the knowing about the volume of food to eat because yeah. a lot of people what they do is when they take animal products off their plate because they are very calorie dense and more calorie dense than plant-based foods if you don't adequately replace that with a greater volume of food you're going to find yourself in an unwanted calorie deficit. So mm-hmm. at the start, I actually lost a little bit of weight, maybe a couple of kilos that I, that wasn't intentional. But then I realized I had to just eat a little bit more. So that was pretty much a, you know, a real quick uh, challenge that but I, I, was, I was able to overcome it pretty quickly. So I'd say those were the main two that I faced and, and uh, two that I definitely kind of get across to people in terms of just maybe, you know, looking out for them, trying to encourage diversity right from the outset of shifting to your plant-based diet and also increasing that food volume. Mm, it's so important. Cause like you said, you know, we have these really dense foods with like meats and dairy and eggs. Yeah. And a lot of people will be like, well, I'm just so tired on a plant-based mm. diet, or I'm yeah. just hungry. And you're like, you need to eat more. You need to eat more. Exactly. You need to eat more. You need to increase that food volume and incorporate like, you know, higher calorie plant-based foods. So you, you still do have higher calorie plant-based foods like avocados, sweet potatoes, lentils, nut butters, make sure mm. you get those into your diet. Um, and then you should be fine as long as you're eating a good volume of food. Mm-hmm. With the increase in volume, in particular fiber, yeah. did you notice digestive issues? Interestingly enough, no, but that is something that has been quite prevalent amongst a lot of people, because I would say that I was still eating uh, in some cases, obviously my, my diversity wasn't anywhere near what it is like now, but I was eating a decent amount of fiber. So oatmeal in the mornings, you know, sweet potato, brown rice, I was, you know, broccoli. So I was eating mm. a pretty decent amount of fiber, yeah. but largely in the population, like the fiber consumption is so, so low. Like I think in the UK, it's the, the average is like 17 or 18 grams per day. Yeah. And the recommended daily amount is 30, which I even think is too low. I think it should be a lot higher than that. Yeah. But I think that, yeah, there's a lot of people, if you go straight from eating 17 grams of fiber and then you triple that to like 54, 45, 50 grams of fiber, you may encounter some digestive issues. And it's a case of just trying to incorporate the increase in fiber slowly. And if you do have any digestive issues, things like, you know, hot water and ginger will help with the digestion. Yeah. Ginger capsules are yeah. like a godsend. Yeah, exactly. They're really, really good. Yeah. I think in Canada, I'm not sure what the stats are, but like 
it might even be lower. People, yeah. a lot of people do not get enough fiber. Yeah, exactly. It's all, so, it's all the focus is always so much on protein, protein, yes. protein. I think we all, we overshoot protein. We, we way overshoot protein, yes. but fiber, we really need to focus on getting those numbers up. And I'm sure we'll talk about that more in terms of the gut microbiome and all that kind of stuff. So it's something that we definitely need to look at. Mm-hmm. What were some of the benefits that you noticed when you cut out meat um, and animal products and solely started eating, eating plant-based? The first one that I noticed, which was huge, and I guess it's anecdotal from my perspective, but it's something that a lot of people have mentioned as well, was just an improvement in sleep. Like yes. my sleep just went through the roof. I think it's really interesting because I would always get, I would always aim to get like eight hours sleep per night. And I think that's a really good amount of sleep to, you know, to wake up feeling refreshed, but I was always just feeling really lethargic. Like it mm. took me a while to get out of bed, whether it was, you know, continuing to hit the snooze and then eventually getting up and still feeling lethargic and tired. But then as soon as I removed animal products from my plate, I would wake up with so much energy, sometimes even before the alarm, you know, just literally jump out of bed. And I still do that. I still, to this day, I still have so much energy. I, I wake up feeling so, so refreshed. Um, I felt lighter. I felt like I was like less lethargic. I felt um, maybe that was a you know, case of inflammation reducing in my body. Um, and a really interesting one that I noticed was I had a clarity of mind that I'd hadn't had before. Mm-hmm. Like I was just very clear headed. I can't really explain it. It's, I don't know what what the the science or the, the the mechanism behind that was, but I just felt like I was very clear headed. My thought process was clear. Not to say that I had brain fog or anything like that, but personally, as I said, my my thought process just became very very clear. So I'd say those were the real key ones that that I noticed for sure. Yeah, sleep is one that definitely mm. comes up. My yeah. husband and I actually we went vegan for about a year. He didn't last quite a year. Um, yeah. And that was, that was one of the first things that I noticed yeah. too, because you're just yeah. getting so much more carbs and carbs yeah. help you sleep. Yeah, yeah they do. They, 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 they help to stimulate melatonin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah. you know, yeah. like, I think we're just in a, in a society that we villainize carbs and yeah. our brain needs it and our yeah. whole body needs it. Right. That, that is a whole other discussion. You know, we, as you said, we demonize carbs and I think it's just a case of understanding which carbs, carbs, is essentially an umbrella term, which carbs do we want to be totally. eating? We want to be eating the complex carbohydrates, unrefined carbohydrates, like oatmeal, buckwheat, you know, bulgur wheat, quinoa, sweet potato, these kind of carbs and staying away from the simple carbs, like, you know, pizzas and white mm-hmm. bread white flour donuts those kind of things mm-hmm. and I think it's just about really understanding that differentiation and it's, it's tricky because for me it just seems so simple and clear that those are the foods that we need to be prioritizing in terms of the unrefined ones and the refined ones we should be limiting but for some reason they still get lumped under the same umbrella yeah mm-hmm. at the end of the day if you if most people if you mentioned to a lot of people that broccoli is largely carbohydrate they would be shocked because yeah. they think broccoli no it's a vegetable but you ever Every food has its own macronutrient split. So it's just understanding which which macronutrients are in which foods and just judging whether those foods are healthy or not. And I think it's once people look at it from that perspective, it becomes very simple and straightforward. Mm. You know, I think Hollywood probably has a large part to play in yeah. the low carbohydrate <laughs> movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, same so thing it, in the UK. Yeah, there's the whole, you know, there's this thing, there's a there's a show called The Only Way is Essex, and they had this thing called yes. No <laughs> You know, you know that show? my husband's british so we watch love island (laughs) like they had this thing called like no carbs before marbs so whenever they go to marbella on holiday they would all just cut out carbs and then that became a thing you know into pop culture and again as you said hollywood's the same so yeah it's just you know society believes that carbs are really bad but it's just it goes a lot deeper than that 
You know, I think a lot of people believe that because they think that in order to get the body they want to be lean, mm. to have that muscular, that musculature, they need to eat tons of protein. But yeah. looking at you, like you're a lean guy, you're fit, yeah. Yeah. you hit the gym, you have energy. What would you say to, I'm going to say in particular men, because men yeah. seem to have this complex about, I can't work out unless I have protein, yeah. animal protein. Yeah. What would you yeah. say to them? I would say that I understand where they're coming from because I had those exact same fears and those exact, and I think what it comes down to is just knowledge. Mm-hmm. We, we've been, you know, it's been drummed into us and drilled into us that the only way you can build muscle is if you eat animal protein. Mm-hmm. So I get it. I've had no trouble building muscle. I remember when I, before I shifted to a plant-based diet, I was, you know, I was muscular and lean. I was play football. I hit, hit the gym, hit big numbers in the gym, but now I've had no trouble putting on five, six kgs of muscle in the years that I've been doing whole food plant-based, because I think it's just about understanding that the principles remain the same. You do need to eat protein, but there's, there's plant protein. There's, you know, you've got tons of different beans. You've got leg, you know, you've got lentils, chickpeas, you've got, you know, tempeh, which is a great, great source of so fermented protein, which is very, very good in terms of its digestibility as well, because it's fermented. You know, you've got, and if you're, if you're in the gym, you're naturally going to be taking a plant protein supplement. So, you know, it's a case of what, which one are you going to take? You've got pea protein, you've got hemp protein, you've got brown rice protein, which is very, very good as it's very high in leucine, which stimulates muscle protein synthesis. Mm. So it's just a case of understanding that the principles remain the same. You need to progressively overload your body, hit the gym hard, and then take adequate, you know, eat adequate protein to recover. And it's funny because again, it's just this, another thing that's been, you know, embedded into the fabric of society that you need to eat meat to be a man which is just further from the truth. And I think, again, it's probably related to, you know, ancestral speculation about hunting and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I guess, yes, that still goes on. And I'm I'm pretty sure it still goes on in in the United States in terms of people hunting their meat and fine, but the vast, vast majority of people aren't doing that. No, You know, it's just, it's not, it's not something, it, it just, it doesn't really make much sense to feel like you need to conflate your masculinity with eating meat because mm-hmm. we, again it comes down to you know what is your definition of masculinity mm-hmm. and for me it's about yes you can still be a protector yes you can still have integrity and strength and all those kind of things but it doesn't matter what the source of your food is because once you've eaten once you've consumed those foods and you you know the amino acids are in your bloodstream it can't tell whether it's from plants or from animals so mm-hmm. yeah it's one of them things that it will still be prevalent I think it's starting to slowly reduce I think people are understanding that you know, you can still hit the gym and, you know, build muscle, be very, very strong, but also you're going to be getting a lot of fiber. You're going to be getting a lot of phytonutrients and micronutrients that you're not going to be necessarily getting from animal products and that are going to contribute to longevity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, that is such a fascinating topic. Like the psychology of masculinity and meat consumption, like, yeah, that that's insane. And, you know, like for any guys that are listening, I mean, Jeffrey's he's muscular. He's hitting the gym. Um, he's not struggling. There's lots of male athletes that are vegan that do extremely well. There's like ultra marathoners. There's, um, cyclists that, that compete, like there's all manner of athletes, but you're very intentional about what you eat. Yeah. Um, and I, that's one thing I really appreciate about you because your posts, you really do educate people on the different nutrients. Like you're a wealth of knowledge, even just listening to you now, like you absolutely know what you're talking about. So anyone listening, get your hands on some of these resources that he has 
because you need to be responsible for your health. And that yeah. means doing your research, right? Exactly. hundred percent. And that's, that's what it comes down to. Once you do your research and you educate yourself, you just become empowered because mm-hmm. I think one of the things that, you know, growing up, we're, we're not taught to believe that we can be in control of our health. We're, we're t- taught to believe that we should leave the fate of our health in the hands of the professionals inverted commas. And don't get me wrong, like health professionals, they serve a purpose in society, mm-hmm. particularly when it comes to acute situations. Like if I'm in a car crash, I always say that I've always give this, uh, this kind of analogy. If I'm in a car crash or I've had a, I've been shot, God forbid, or something, you know, acute happens. I want to see, a doctor i want to see a surgeon i want to see people who are going to help put me back together but when it comes to the traits that i wanted to adopt on a daily basis those are my choices and those are going to be fueled by the research and the learning and all the education that i can get my hands on to make the best decisions for myself because only us as individuals we know what's best for ourselves mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day it's, it's all about trying to do the re- do the reading do the research look into what you can what you can look into you know getting community with other people, you know, obviously like, for example, you know, we're, we're on this podcast spreading the knowledge and which can help other people who, and then who can then go and spread knowledge to their family and their friends. And this is what this community is all about. It's all about spreading that knowledge and learning off each other. And I think it's so, so important that we realize that once we do that, we can really, really take control of our health mm-hmm. in so many areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's very empowering, super yeah. empowering. Um, Let's talk about the importance of dietary fiber and diversity of foods. Yeah. Yeah. So that is super, super critical. And I think, as I mentioned before, um, we have this obsession with protein, but fiber is arguably more important. And I think Mm. getting a diverse range of plant foods into our diet is so, so key. We're seeing so much evidence now of how our gut bacteria impacts our health in so many ways in terms of reducing our risk of chronic disease. Um, cognitive you know issues that we can potentially you know develop late further further down the line and what what eating like a different type of plant food does is it gives you your gut bacteria a different type of fiber to Mm -hmm. ferment and then create these short short chain fatty acids which as i said are so beneficial for health so it's not just about eating one food i think we we tend to want to always eat the same foods and mono eat because it becomes it can get it's a lot easier to do that but eating a very very diverse range of plant foods is so so beneficial in so many ways i mean that's a whole other conversation that we could speak about Mm -hmm. i recently watched a documentary called um the gut the second brain and Mm -hmm. it was on amazon prime i believe so so detailed like so much information talking about again all stuff that i'd known anyway but just in terms of how eating a diverse range of plant-based foods is just going to populate our gut bacteria to and that and if your gut's healthy ultimately you know in many cases you're going to be healthy so yeah it's really really important that we just eat as many as many different foods as we can i um i did a like this challenge that i think it was was back end of last year i think i kind of just challenged people to see how many plants they could eat in a week Mm -hmm. um i think i I hit like 60 or something crazy like that i probably wouldn't hit 60 every week i would hit like maybe 40 or 45 or something like that sometimes less but yeah even if you're even if you're at 30 you yep. know, your, your gut bacteria is really going to be thriving. So, you know, mm-hmm. I've got, got a few people into it and they really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's cool. And it just makes it fun, you know, going to the supermarket, trying out different foods that you've not tried before. It makes it really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was a study done saying that you should get at least 30 different plants a week. Yeah. 
And then when you put that post up, and I know you did a while ago, but you've reposted a few times, yeah, it yeah, kind of motivated yeah. me. So I, I yeah. challenged myself and I had like 27 in one day. I was like, yeah, that's great. Like, that's really, really good. A yeah. few people say the same thing to me because you can count like herbs and spices and stuff Absolutely like that. Absolutely, well. you can. You count those and then you, you're, you're literally like a really good number after day one or two. Yeah. Set yeah. yourself up for the week. Yeah. And, and it makes healthy eating fun, right? Like you have that little exactly. gamification aspect of yeah, it. Right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Gamification is so important because I think that's another thing that people believe is that healthy eating is boring. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't have to be. No, I think what we, what we need to understand is that what, what could be called as like recreational eating where you're maybe eating junk foods for that kind for that instant high. That's, that's fun in the moment, but it's not fun in the long term. Mm. You know, you can gamify, you know, eating healthy, as you said, by counting the amount of plants and cooking different foods. So that's going to be fun in the short term. But in the long term, you're going to reap so many benefits in terms of your, you know, your body composition, mm -hmm. you know, basically how you're going to be reacting to, to certain viruses and illnesses and things like that and strengthening your immune system. And it's just, you know, it's going to have so many benefits further down the line. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And like, this is not a new thing. It's interesting when you're talking about how, you felt like you had more clarity. Mm. Um, there's a, there's a biblical fast. It's called the Daniel fast. Yes, and, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you cut out meats and sweets. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, this, this is not new. Like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's been around for so long. It's not, it's nothing new. Yeah. No. I know people have done, have done that a few times. Um, I think my wife may have done it at one point, I think don't quote me yeah. on that. But yeah, it's, it's, it's not new. It's, it's, and then people get that clarity and that, you know, just, they, they feel so much clearer and lighter within themselves to continue to go on, you know, whether it's you know, for the rest of the day or the week or whatever. So yeah, it's mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, like our gut, when you're talking about the, the gut brain, I mean, it's very clear the connection between our gut and our brain. And yeah. if our gut is not in a healthy place, our brain is not in a healthy exactly. place. Exactly. And it's, it's so interesting. I was, um, I saw someone on Twitter talking the other day about how they were kind of using for the first time using exercise and eating healthy as a means to defeat their depression. And of mm -hmm. course, this is not to say that anyone who's on antidepressants shouldn't take them. I'm not a medical professional, so I'm not going to make those statements, but there's so much evidence of, you know, getting the right vitamins, the right B vitamins into your diet and exercising and training at a certain level that shows that they do have antidepressive antidepressive capacity so it's really interesting that you know that that kind of stuff is not really pushed you know as much i mean i'm sure we, we i'm sure we know why and that's another another conversation when we when we talk about the pharmaceutical industry but it's just it's so beneficial just to you know utilize these lifestyle modifications to optimize the health of your gut which then has an impact on how you feel mentally Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like things like uh, Rishi has been scientifically yes. proven to help anxiety yeah. and depression. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly. leads me into the perfect segue. What kind of supplements do you take and do you recommend for people? So the first one that I would say, if, if you're going into a plant-based diet, you, you have to go with B12. And there is some anecdotal evidence that some sea vegetables and fortified foods and things like sea moss can maintain your B12 levels. But I think it's just important just to, as a as an insurance policy, just to supplement with B12, just so you know you're you're good on that end. You, you know, you, you don't want to have any kind of nerve damage or fatigue or anything like that. So mm -hmm. B12 is a key one. Vitamin D is another one. And I think that's something that I think most people, regardless of your, yes. of your diet, should be taking, particularly if you live in cold climates, mm -hmm. um, taking a vitamin D3 with K2 as well, mm -hmm. um, which helps to get the calcium into the bones. So that's, that's a key one. Mm -hmm. 
Um, omega omega three DHA EPA again for brain and heart function. That's something that I would advise people to to take. Um, and it's important I'm, to all- sorry, sorry to go. cut you off. Do you take um, an actual fish oil or do you stick to an algae? Algae, yeah, I take okay. an algae. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to get mine from a freshwater algae. Right. And I think it's important to recognize that, you know, a lot of people believe that if you're taking supplements, it means that the quality of your diet is poor. But firstly, the supplement industry wasn't created for people who are vegan. Like everyone takes supplements. And I think supplementing your diet is actually a smart thing to do because mm. if you look at the, the food systems and the quality of soil, we may not be getting as many nutrients as we would be doing a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. So supplementing is actually smart. Um, mm-hmm. And there are always going to be nutrients that you need to focus on regardless of whatever diet you're on. So it's just a case of just doing what is smart, essentially. And if you, if you supplement smartly on a plant-based diet, you're going to reap all the benefits of that diet in terms of its fiber content, phytonutrient content, um, you know, minimizing risk of chronic disease and all those types of things. And just making sure that, you know, you're, you're on top of your supplement. So if we've gone with B12, we go with D3K2 and then omegas. And then there are other ones that you need to look out for potentially. I think magnesium is a very yeah. key one that, again, regardless of whatever diet you're on, magnesium yeah. governs over 300 enzymatic reactions in the body. That is a very, very key supplement. Um, and good magnesium levels are also required um, to help with vitamin D as well. Mm. Um, so that's something that's very, very important. Um, iodine, so like trace minerals like iodine, uh, you can get them from, again, sea vegetables like nori and dulse, but that's good. It's, it's wise to keep your eye on that. And if you want to supplement, you can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, again, I think it's, it's always make, making sure that you prioritize trying to get all of your nutrition from food and then just looking at the which supplements that you need to take, particularly if you're going on a plant-based diet um, and you're going to be in a good place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You also supplement with some, you know, some interesting stuff that maybe a lot of people don't know about like shilajit. Yeah. 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 So that's, right. fulvic that's acid. something I t- yeah, I tend to like, yeah, fulvic acid, which fulvic acid is very, very good for actually helping you absorb the nutrients that all the other nutrients that you're getting into your diet in your gut. So that's really, really good. Um, as it high in fulvic and humic acids. So that's something that I cycle. I might take that like maybe three, every three or four weeks or for a period of three or four weeks, sorry. And then I might come off it for like three or four weeks. Yep. Um, so yeah, and obviously I, I do my medicinal mushrooms as well, like chaga, which is very, very good in terms of an anti-inflammatory, mm. antiviral. And one that's something that's really interesting about chaga, when I started taking that, again, I stopped, things just started to become very clear. Um, and there's a lot of, there, there's some evidence that chaga helps to decalcify the pineal gland, your third eye. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very yeah. interesting. I just uh, incorporated medicinal mushrooms back into my diet as well yeah yeah so i'm taking a mushroom blend that has the first one is chaga but it's got like turkey Mm. tail and lion's mane reishi um but what are your thoughts on caffeine caffeine that's an interesting one because i would say i've never really had much of an opinion on caffeine because i've never really drank that much coffee okay coffee is just one of those drinks i may have like once or twice a year if that I would say that it is, I mean, again, there's so many studies that say that caffeine is good, caffeine is bad. It is a pretty heavy stimulant. I would say if you're drinking multiple cups of coffee a day, there's, there's probably something that needs to be looked at there yeah. in terms of why you need to feel that way, why you're that fatigued that you need to feel the, the need to have a stimulant like coffee multiple times a day. Um, but I mean, I think if people drink coffee because they like the taste, I don't see any problem with that. Yeah, I don't see any problem with that at all. Yeah. And, and if you're looking to cut out coffee too, like something, a mushroom like cordyceps is yeah. really well studied for stamina yeah. and endurance. It doesn't give you that like jittery buzz. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. Cordyceps is 
that's something that I tend to drink sometimes before the gym or some other herbs as well. Um, yeah, very, very good for endurance. I think what it does is it um, stimulates the production of adenosine triphosphate, which is like yeah. the energy source of the cell. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cordyceps has been well studied. It's a very, very good mushroom. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you do before the gym? So like before a workout, do you eat? Do you do anything to increase energy? What What's that like for you? Um, I've had a few different like raging, it kind of all similarly stays the same. So I would have like a pre-workout snack. So I might have like, uh, like a sprouted bread or a sourdough bread with peanut butter and bananas mm-hmm. and pumpkin seeds or something like that. Um, Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't like feeling too heavy before I go to the gym. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not really into some, a lot of those pre-workout drinks. I used to have those a lot back in the day, but they'd make you super jittery. Yes. Um, so I get more of a cleaner energy. So I've been, I've, I've used like beetroot powder with cordyceps in the past as well. Yep. Beetroot powder is really, really good for stimulating nitric oxide production, nitric oxide. which helps to widen your blood vessels, get more oxygen, um, through the body. Um, and obviously we spoke about cordyceps and the benefits of that. Um, I've started taking this herbal blend recently, which has got like a ton of herbs, like Shilaji. I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pine pollen and everything. Yeah, Shilaji, pine pollen, uh, horny goat weed, strong back root, like, and that's, I've seen some really noticeable like results from that pretty much right away. Um, so yeah, I think that's, I don't really have too much of a, other, other than that, that's kind of really what I go for. Yeah. I um, saw the ingredient yeah. list for that and I was like, woo. just looking at it yeah yeah yeah. so um that's a a guy who's um he's got his his brand called ronin supplies in the uk so i've just started using them and he's a really cool guy so so yeah they've uh, got some good products down there yeah yeah wonderful yeah okay so we got supplements if you were to give our listeners some advice on what are some good places to start when they want to adopt a plant-based eating lifestyle so as you just said, their lifestyle, I would say one of the keys is to see it as a lifestyle change and not a dietary shift. Because I think when it, of course it is technically it's a plant-based diet, but when people get into the diet mindset, they almost feel it's, it becomes restrictive. It almost becomes a sense of lack. It's like, oh, I can't have this or I can't eat that or I shouldn't eat that. But if you see it as a lifestyle, you're going to want to open yourself up to eating more foods that you can get a hold of. So trying to explore a different range of nuts, seeds, legumes, fruits, vegetables, and really just wanting to widen your knowledge and the foods that you can eat. So seeing it as a lifestyle over a diet is a very, very key shift to, and what that does is it helps it to remain sustainable as well, mm. as opposed to very, very restrictive and thinking, oh, I've got to do this. And then you might have a cheat day and then it all falls down like a house of cards. Yeah. I would say the next thing is not to go all or nothing. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. You know, you can, you can go for, if you wanted to maybe start one day a week, or one, even one meal a week, mm. because it's, it's, you know, it's a thing where it's a, it's a big shift. If you've been eating a certain way for a, for a certain period, a certain amount of time, and then you want to make a huge shift. I guess for me, it was interesting because I just felt compelled to do it. Yeah. And it's very interesting. I, I, as I said, I switched overnight, but I tend not to tell people to do that because that could be quite unsustainable. But if, I mean, if people are compelled to do it, then fine, but just take it slow. Maybe it's, as I said, one day a week or meatless Monday, or maybe yeah. do one meal a week. And then you can just start to build from there. And, and again, as I said, in terms of making it sustainable, it becomes more so that you want to stay with it and stick to the course as opposed to diving in at the deep end and then realizing that you can't swim. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's funny. My husband and I switched overnight as well. We watched yeah. a couple of documentaries. There was like forks yeah. over knives and something yeah, yeah, else. Yeah. yeah. And we were just like, I like was 
bawling as I was watching <laughs> that really? documentary. Yeah. It, it like there's still certain things like I won't eat pork. I won't. Yeah. There's there's yeah. certain things I won't eat because I'm like ethically. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's big eye openers, yeah, for sure. Big eye openers, but then you know, like as you said, the way that you feel when you're mm. eating more of these. Yeah more of these foods is undeniable and like yeah. your your wife is not 100% but 90% you know yeah 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 maybe that's a way that some people can go as well and just exactly yeah yeah i think there's there's often a case i mean i i guess when i first started i was trying to tell everyone oh you've got to go vegan you've got to do this but then you realize that there's not actually that much value in that yeah people are going to do things in their own time and i think if you encourage people to eat more plants mm. And, you know, I obviously show my lifestyle, show how I eat, show the different types of meals that has encouraged a lot of people to go vegan, but it's also encouraged a lot of people to eat more plants. And I think the more plants that people eat, the better. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. It's not everyone has to be vegan or nothing at all, because everyone's going to do things at their own pace. Everyone's going to, you know, look at things in a different way. I can't expect people to make the shift and make the change just as I did, because everyone's different. Everyone's got their own, you know, they've grown up in a different way. They've grown up in a a way that has kind of encouraged certain eating habits and I can't force them to get come out of them. Mm-hmm. So eating more plants is always, is always a great way and not coming across as like judgmental or trying to force people down that road because all that's going to do is push people the other way. So mm-hmm. it's important to make it to, to realize that as well. Mm. It's a very, very good mentality is like, don't focus on taking out, focus on putting in and eventually yeah. there's not the room, right? Like you crowd all the other stuff out. So you're like, yeah. oh, I don't really need that anymore. Yeah, exactly. And then those other foods will come out inevitably, you know. So everyone's going to always do it in their own different way. And I think, as I said, the way that I approach it is wanting to just educate people because mm-hmm. I didn't have the information when I was growing up. I had no, like, I, it's funny because I remember, um, when was it? Maybe 2013, I think someone mentioned to me about going vegan. And the first thing of my, in my mind was like, no way. How am I going to do this? Where am I going to get my protein? I will literally like, I thought I was going to evaporate if I, if I, you know, I literally thought I'd evaporate if I didn't eat meat, literally. So, and it just came down to education because I'd had such a limited knowledge of of food and just like the foods that I eat now, like growing up, I never even thought of buying chickpeas at the supermarket. I would have never, kidney beans were a thing. I guess my mum made like kidney bean stews and things like that. But again, I, I never thought, it was always in the comp with alongside meat as well. I never thought kidney beans being a great source of protein and calcium and things like that. Mm. So what I think what the shift has done for me as well, it's created a real solid platform of like knowledge and education, which yeah. I just want to just then pass on to other people to allow people to then make informed decisions about their food. Because I think making informed decisions is the key. Yeah. Yeah. And you do it beautifully. You really do. Um, I love, love, love the education piece when you say like this food has this nutrient or this food has this nutrient because you're giving people power yeah right and And when people are healthy they're powerful exactly when you're a healthy human being you're a powerful human being and you can then inspire other people Mm -hmm. and then again it's almost like what i love about it as well is it allows us to kind of push back on like you know big industries like the food industry who don't have the interests of people's health at heart yeah. You know, once you start to become empowered and you become knowledgeable, oh, right, where can I get these zinc rich plant based foods? What is what does zinc do? How mm. is it going to make me feel? Why do I need to take B12? Why should I take vitamin D, magnesium, dark leafy greens? And people start to put the puzzle together in their own way. 
and then become, as you said, very empowered human beings. And then what I like about it is always that it creates a snowball effect because it's then like, you know, if someone who starts to adopt the whole food plant-based lifestyle goes in and amongst their own friends and family who might be like looking at, oh, what are they doing? What's this? What's that? And then they start to get, not the bug, but then they, they start to kind of get the it, it, that inspiration to maybe go on a little bit of a journey themselves. And it just creates that snowball effect to create health amongst so many people. Mm-hmm. I love that. So I have some listener questions. Oh, go for it. <laughs> yeah. So I posted that you saw that on social yeah, media. Yeah, yeah. So the first question is, what is your favorite recipe? Favorite recipe? That is a good question. Um, I like plantain. So plantain is something that any recipe that involves plantain will be a good recipe. Um, but I'd say, I'm trying to think of what's in my ebook. I made a... Uh, a jerk tofu and quinoa buddha bowl that was in my Ooh. ebook that's one of my favorites so like a jerk seasoning you grill the tofu you make you know nice quinoa and you add some like hummus and avocado in there as well yes. it's a nice beet meal there so that's really really good um off the top of my head uh, like chickpea curries that's another one that yeah. i absolutely love get so you can maybe even get some sweet potato in there um i love oatmeal as well i think just throwing like loads of different nuts fresh fruit seeds on there getting a bit of cinnamon and banana mm. maybe some plant protein powder in there as well that's a really really good recipe and super easy um i like sweet potato recipes i had a sweet potato recipe on my website on my um instagram page i think it had like kale and what was it kale and some tomato and just another simple really simple tasty recipe that you can just make really quickly on like a weeknight or something so yeah, I wouldn't say I have one favorite recipe. I've got a number of them for sure. Yeah, yeah. Get the ebook for the listener who asked that. <laughs> Get the ebook because yeah. there's all all those yeah. recipes in there. You already answered this question. Is your well, it was at the time fiance now wife, vegan. Um, you said predominantly plant-based. Yeah, yeah. What is a good meal to cook for a large crowd? Large crowd. Um do you know what? I think something like a chickpea curry is quite easy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All you need is just whether you're going to cook your chickpeas from scratch and you get a bag and then soak them overnight, or you want to just get some organic canned chickpeas, make sure that like, they're BPA free as well. So you're not getting any of that. Um, and then you can just create like a, you know, get it in a pot and just get some coconut milk in there, some curry powder, some garam masala, mm-hmm. chop up some onion and garlic. Onion and garlic is like the base for pretty much a lot of my meals because that yeah. fragrant. And what onion and garlic does as well is it helps it increase iron absorption. Mm. So that's something that's really, really interesting to get I in didn't there. Know not that. Taste, yeah, not only does it taste great, but it helps with the absorption of iron yeah. um, from iron-rich foods like legumes, like chickpeas. Um, you can even get a bit of spinach in there. And then what you can maybe do is just cook like a big portion of rice whether that's brown rice or wild rice or even white rice i've got i mean i, I remember the other day i talked about white rice because uh, i made um what did i make no that was white potato sorry not white rice but I, I i don't tend to not eat white rice so much just because i feel like there's more nutritious options but that's not to say that i don't eat it and i think a chickpea curry with white rice is, would be great so yep. yeah i think cooking a batch chickpea curry is really really easy and you, and you can do that for a lot of people Mm, yeah yeah and like you could do that in a slow cooker you could do it in instapot exactly exactly yeah it's so many different ways to do it for sure Mm -hmm. love that okay you already answered this what are your thoughts on caffeine how do you get a veggie burger that isn't mushy looking for ways to increase the texture without using mushrooms interesting because i the the mushroom burger that's actually in my ebook has mushrooms but what you need to do is you need to put like a you need to put like flaxseed in there 
because mm. flaxseed acts like a binder. Because if you don't have, you can put like beans and mushrooms in, in the burger, but it will fall apart unless there's something to bind it. So you got to yeah. make sure that you get like a flax egg, which is you get some flaxseed in like a little, maybe like a cup or something, add some water in it. And then it will just almost add as, act as like the binder. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can just put the flaxseed in there and then the, the liquid after and then just blitz it all up. So flax is the key. And I think flax is something that's used for a lot of like as an egg replacement in a lot of baking recipes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would say flax. I'd say keep the mushrooms in there because mushrooms give it that nice flavor, that nice texture. But the flaxseed is what is going to help to keep it bound and make sure that it's not mushy. Mm, awesome. I'd also like, uh, this is my like request from you. Can you do a tofu tutorial? I do not know how to cook like the best yeah. crispy tofu. Okay. Uh, interesting. Not- I, thought, I think I can do that. Cause there, there are, there have been some recipes actually recently where people have start like use like cornstarch and things like that. I've not gone down that road as of yet, but yeah. so cornstarch is like, people have used that and it's, you know, made some really like crispy tofu recipes, but I just think the real the key is just to sear it really well. I think I could I'd probably definitely think about um, doing like a little tofu tutorial, whether that's through a reel or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, because do you press it? Do you have so to if you it? buy if you buy extra firm, you don't need to press it. You just need okay. to just squeeze out the liquid, and then you're all good. Right. But I think yeah, if you don't buy extra firm, then if you buy like a firm or like a standard tofu, then you probably would need to press it. Yeah. Um, but I don't have time to press. <laughs> That's no. going to take like, you know, yeah, yeah, people, I think I've seen like, you can actually buy like tofu presses. Yes. Like, I've never actually had to use that because I just always buy extra firm. So to make sure it's already done. Yeah. And then yeah. other, so other than obviously not eating animal um, ingredients, foods, is there a- any other dietary restrictions that you have? What are your thoughts on gluten? Um. For me, I think gluten is fine for me personally. I think it's something that if, if it's something that does irritate people's gut lining, then I'd I'd say to just minimize it. Um, but again, there's yeah, there's this you know, there's a school of thought that gluten's really bad. But I think again, it's all about looking at bioindividuality. I wouldn't tell someone to stay away from gluten if it if it agrees with them, if it's mm-hmm. if they're fine with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't have any other dietary restrictions. I don't have like, I, I tend to try and eat as, as organic as possible, but I guess that's not really a restriction. I, I think that's just out of a personal choice and a desire to want to try and eat as clean as possible. Yeah. Um, but again, if I can't, if I, if there's foods there that, that I can't get organic, you know, it's not the end of the world, but I always try to make sure I can, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think gluten's okay for most people. I guess if you've got celiac disease, you want to stay away from that. Yeah. Um, as much as you can, but yeah. Yeah. And you said, um, previously you, that you have sprouted bread or sourdough mm-hmm. bread. I mean, that yeah. that's a great way to increase the digestibility, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sprouting your foods, like sprouting your legumes. Cause sometimes people have irritability issues when it comes to legumes. If you sprout them, you, you, you essentially decrease that you, you improve the digestibility of the foods of the nutrition as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, sprouting is definitely something that I'd, I'd, uh, I'd advise if people have those issues for sure. Yeah. Or you can pressure cook. That's one tip that oh, I really? just found out. Yeah. If you oh, have nice. an issue digesting beans, just pressure, like even if they're in a can, if you mm. pressure cook them, then most people digest them easier. Oh, interesting. Didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. So I like to end each podcast with my own fun questions. Okay. Here we okay. go. So you, got, <laughs> you got even more questions. Okay. <laughs> If you were stranded on a desert island and could only yeah. eat one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? One food. Um, oatmeal. 
I think oatmeal because it's the, pretty much the way that I start my day pretty much every morning. I'd say like 95% of morning starts with oatmeal. So I definitely miss it if I wasn't able to. And then close behind that would be plantain. So either mm. plantain or oatmeal. I think oatmeal just. But yeah. Uh, could change my mind after the call. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> what is the best meal you've ever eaten? Oh, best meal I've ever eaten. Um, so there was a time when I'm one of the first meals. I'm trying to think of how I felt after I ate it. So one of the first meals that I made when I shifted to a plant-based diet was, um, I think my, my wife made it. I think it was a, like a creamy cashew and kale pasta with cherry tomatoes. Yum. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. I, I can't so even good. explain how good it was. Yeah, she, she made it unbelievably well. Yeah, she's a great cook as well. So, I mean, oh, we, we kind of like, I, we, we cook equally. Obviously, I love to create recipes. She's, she's great in the kitchen as well. She makes some amazing recipes and amazing food. So, so yeah. Ah, dynamic duo. Yes, indeed. <laughs> what is your favorite restaurant? Favorite restaurant? Um, there's a restaurant in London called Pharmacy. Mm-hmm. So it serves like really clean, organic, plant-based food, local ingredients, like a- absolutely incredible. Love Pharmacy. Nice. Next time, yeah. uh, next time we visit, I'll have to go there. Yeah, you definitely have to check it out for sure. Very, very good. Yeah. What is your favorite travel destination that you've been to? Uh, it has to be Barbados. Mm. Barbados was, we went in 2019. Absolutely incredible. Like it was such a, it was almost, we felt so like just at ease, at peace while we were there, just on the beaches, drinking rum punch. Yeah. It was great. Closely behind that would have to be Santorini. That is just oh, one yeah. of the most picturesque places I've ever seen in my life. It almost doesn't seem real. It's mm. that good. So say so Barbados just takes that one. Wonderful. What is your favorite binge watch television series right now? Right. <laughs> so me and my wife, we love cooking shows. Yeah. So at the moment, it would be MasterChef. Yeah. But at the moment, we're watching a show called Great British Menu. Okay, I haven't heard of that one. No, so it's like, um, so these, they they go to different areas of the country. So like they'll do like Scotland, uh, the central London, things like that. And they get these chefs to cook and they basically have to create dishes in relation to like people in the UK who have like done some some stuff like who've invented things or something like that. So it's really interesting. But yeah, we just love cooking shows and seeing what people create. So I'd say, yeah, great British menu at the moment is what we're watching. Awesome what's your biggest fail biggest fail um i think well firstly i think failure is, is a good thing yeah i think you know people want fear failure i would say my my initial desire growing up was to be a professional footballer okay um, so i wanted to i went to a few countries i went to america i went to norway i went to austria I was trying to break into the game but didn't quite make it as i as i wanted to um so i'd say that I mean, it sounds bad. It's my biggest fail, but I think it it wouldn't it propelled me into kind of this this field of, of of work that I'm doing in the health and wellness space. So I think it was a fail, but I think it pushed me on something better. Oh, I love that. What is the happiest moment of your life? Oh, the getting married, the wedding that I, that I just had. It was absolutely unbelievable. It was almost like I couldn't believe how good it was. Yeah, I, and and again, it's funny because. I never thought that I'd get married. Like it was something that I was always like, in my mid twenties. I was like, oh, I'm never going to get married. It's not for me, blah, blah, blah. 
And I guess you meet someone who helps to shift your perspective in a way. And then you want to, you start to realize that what, what's actually important and you want to start to build something with someone. Mm. And then obviously all of that, and you know, she's, we've had our, we've had our moments together. Like obviously, as I said, she, I met her at a time where I was kind of trying to move away from the football thing. And I was going through a period of a bit of bitterness that things didn't work out. And she'd had some health challenges that she was going through mm. and she had to endure some really tough situations. So you know, to, to just have to go through all of that and then to, for that culminate to culminate in, you know, that, that day that we had last Thursday was just absolutely incredible. So yeah, my wedding yeah. day on them. Oh, I love that. And those challenges just make your relationship so much stronger, don't exactly. they? Exactly. You yeah. know, it's, it's, I always say I wouldn't change it for anything, even though there were some tough moments, but yeah, having a day like we did last, last week was just makes it all worth it. Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. Her dress was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) And what advice would you like to leave our listeners with in regard to their health? Um, I'll say that it's in your hands. You know, ultimately your health is in your hands. It's just a case of wanting to take the time to educate yourself and to learn and to use the resources that are available, you know, use this podcast and even, even, you know, you've interviewed some amazing people. One of my favorite guys is um, Dr. Raymond. Yes, he, he, he was on he, the podcast. Yeah, I heard, I heard. He's absolutely incredible guy. Um, wealth of knowledge. He's just got such a, a great way of looking at how to optimize your health. And he's someone that you can really kind of learn from. And I've learned a lot from him as well. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just utilizing that resource that's around to understand that, you know, you can take your health into your own hands and it's not going to be easy. It's not just going to be something that you can, you know, click your fingers, but I think getting things that are really worth it and that are really going to, you know, set you up for the future, you have to go through that period of, you know, trying to to work and maybe getting a little bit outside of your comfort zone and doing things that, you know, maybe your peers and your friends and family might look at you a bit strange for at the start, but, you know, then you realize that, you know, if you're doing it for yourself, you know, you're optimizing your, your life in so many ways. And it's interesting because what's funny is that a lot of people who, want to kind of take control of their health they're almost seen as like strange ones in society but eventually people start to come on board once they realize that you know taking control of your health is the most powerful thing that you can do and it if it feel it factors into everything Mm -hmm. you know if you haven't got your health you've got nothing so i would just say like you know just utilize the time that we have to just learn just to educate yourself just to try things and just to realize that once you have your health in order you know so many good things are going to happen in life yeah, I uh, couldn't agree more. And where can people find you? So my Instagram page is where I share a lot of like my recipes, education, kind of thoughts on plant-based nutrition and health. Um, so that's just my first name. Second name is Jeffrey Boydie. Um, My Twitter is the same username, just with an underscore on the end. Um, I have my blog, as you mentioned at the start. So it's The Wealth of Health, where I share more kind of long-form blog pieces. And I have my ebook on there as well. Um, so my ebook's called Eat More Plants, and that's on my blog, which is called The Wealth of Health. So that's www.thewealthofhealth.co.uk. Um, you can buy my ebook there as well. And I have, as I said, some other resources in terms of other recipes there as well. So yeah, well, that's almost like the hub for, for all for all things related to what I'm doing in, in terms of health. So yeah, that's where people can find me. Wonderful. And I'll put all of that in the show notes for our listeners Brilliant. as well. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was an absolute pleasure to finally meet you in person and and to have you share your knowledge with us. I mean, thank you so much as well. Honestly, it's been a pleasure to have to to kind of be on here. And I just say we've been been in contact for a little while. You know, we've seen a lot of what you're doing in in the health space as well. And it's really, really good and really empowering. So yeah, it's just been an absolute pleasure to be on here and kind of help to share my knowledge and give my little two p two pennies worth into the into the health conversation so yeah thanks for having me
Yeah, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. Stay tuned for future guests coming on, which I'm super excited about. And remember, you are powerful over your health.